Welcome to the Great Doctrines of the Bible, where we are covering crucial teachings from Scripture to help you grow your faith. We serve one God in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Each person of the Trinity is divine, and this includes the Holy Spirit. He is not separate from the Father and the Son, but is sent by them to work in the world and to work particularly in the lives of Jesus' disciples. The Holy Spirit is God. In the New Testament, He is called the Spirit of God in Matthew 3.16. He is called the Spirit of the Lord in Luke 4.18. He is called the Lord who is the Spirit in 2 Corinthians 3.18. This last point from the Apostle Paul is important. Throughout Scripture, Lord is applied to the Father and the Son. Paul declares that the Holy Spirit is God too. He is of the same essence as the other two members of the Trinity. We also see different perfections of God possessed by the Holy Spirit. He's called the Eternal Spirit in Hebrews 9.14. The Holy Spirit always has been and always will be. He possesses God's perfection of eternity. John 14.17, Jesus calls him the Spirit of Truth. Earlier in the same chapter, Jesus said, He, Jesus himself, is the way, the truth, and the life. And here in verse 17, Jesus says the same of the Spirit. If Jesus, the Son of God, is the truth, and the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, then the Holy Spirit is God. Omnipotence. In Romans 15, 19, Paul said he saw the work of the Holy Spirit in his ministry to the Gentiles as the Spirit worked signs and wonders to confirm the truth of the gospel. The reality that the Holy Spirit is God perhaps is easier for us to grasp than that He is a person. We struggle with this because we rarely think of God in this way. After all, as the Catechism says, God is a spirit and does not have a body like men. And the word spirit may throw us off. When we hear the word spirit, the first thing we think of most likely is not a person. Spirit sounds something more akin to the Force in the Star Wars movies and not a person. The reality is, this is the way many Christians treat the Holy Spirit. He is seen as an it or a force, or mainly power, and not a person. Ligonier Ministries' recent State of Theology survey confirms this. It revealed that 31% of those who identified as evangelical strongly agreed with the statement the Holy Spirit is a force, but is not a personal being. What does Scripture mean when it says that the Holy Spirit is a person? How does Scripture Define personhood. Scripture identifies the personhood of the Holy Spirit in His elect will and affections. First, we see the Holy Spirit's personhood through His intellect. Scripture reveals that the Holy Spirit has a, a mind. And because the Holy Spirit has the mind of God, He can counsel and give people wisdom. 
He is the Spirit of truth, therefore He inspired the authors of Scripture to record truth, and He gives truth to Jesus' disciples. In Luke 12.12, we learn that the Holy Spirit is a teacher. The Holy Spirit has a will. In Acts 16.6, Luke records that Paul and his missionary team were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. The Holy Spirit had a different plan for Paul. His will was for them to go to Macedonia. In 1 Corinthians 12.11, Paul records all these, referring to spiritual gifts, are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Spiritual gifts are important for the life of the church, but the Holy Spirit is the one who distributes them according to his will. Whatever gifts a person or a church has, it is because that was the will of the Spirit for them. The Holy Spirit possesses the ability to do what he wants. He has a will. And finally, the Holy Spirit has affections. He can feel. He's not driven by his affections, what we might call emotions, but he does feel them. The most prominent affection we are familiar with is that the Holy Spirit can grieve. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. When we do not live in the way Paul describes in Ephesians 4.25-32, we grieve the Spirit. Isaiah 63.10 helps us understand this. The prophet says, But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he turned to be their enemy and himself fought against him. Our sin is an act of rebellion against our Heavenly Father, and it grieves the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 1.6 tells us that the Holy Spirit is joyful. Hebrews 10.29 tells us that the Spirit can be insulted. The ESV translates, outraged, the Spirit of grace. The Holy Spirit feels, which is evidence that He is a person and not a force. A force does not feel, but the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit has an intellect, will, and possesses affections. He is a person and not a force. Because of this, He works personally in this world and in our lives. How does the Holy Spirit work in this world, and how does He particularly work in the lives of of Jesus' disciples. First, the Holy Spirit is sent by the Father and the Son to convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. The main sin the Holy Spirit convicts the world of is not believing in Jesus, the Messiah. He convicts the world about righteousness because Jesus is not here on earth but in heaven. Jesus was a witness against the world concerning righteousness during his during his ministry on earth, and he sent the Holy Spirit to do the same. The Holy Spirit convicts the world concerning judgment, because in Christ's atonement, the ruler of this world, Satan, was judged, and so will all those who follow him. Second, we see the Holy Spirit's personal work in the lives of Jesus' disciples in three ways. First, regeneration. 
Titus 3, 5 says, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin through the preaching of the gospel, and then He regenerates us. He is the one who takes our hearts of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. It is the work of the Spirit that enables us to see Christ's beauty. We love Christ because the Holy Spirit has made us a new creation. Second, the Holy Spirit works in our lives through what we call illumination. This is the work of the Spirit to help us understand Scripture. Without His help, we would never be able to live a life in Christ that pleases God. We would not be able to read Scripture and apply it to our lives as God would have us. Paul writes to Timothy and says, Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Timothy is the one who must think. But who gives the understanding? It's the Lord. The Lord gives understanding. It is only by the Spirit of the Lord that we can understand and apply God's revelation in Scripture. Finally, sanctification. Earlier, at the beginning, we referenced 2 Corinthians 3.18, which says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. In one verse, we have a beautiful picture of the Spirit's work of sanctification in our lives. The Holy Spirit is the one who makes us like Jesus. He lives to make much of Jesus. And the transformation that takes place in our lives as we behold the glory of Jesus takes place because of the Holy Spirit. Day by day, He is making us more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity who works personally to convict the world and bring sinners to Christ. He helps us understand Scripture, and He is the one making us more like Jesus. Praise God for the Holy Spirit.